0: Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Mark Thomas uh, from the Ball & Chain podcast, welcoming you to our next episode. I believe we're on episode 28. And we have had a super eventful weekend. uh, And we, of course, uh, in the NBA, and would, of course, love to chat about this with our good buddy, Jess Udi. So uh, without me getting into kind of a long diatribe of everything that's gone on, Let's bring Jess into the podcast right now, and let's talk all things uh, jazz, Bucks, and Sixers, Hawks, and I guess uh, I guess Clippers, Suns too. So, what are you up to, Jess? Are you doing okay?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yesterday, yesterday was depression mode, but but we've recovered. So,
0: so all right. Let's let's start with this here. So, the first question I have to ask you, I didn't watch Game Five. How did you guys lose game five? Because you actually have a really good home court advantage, the Jazz do. And uh, you obviously had home court advantage sewn up throughout the entire playoffs, um, you know, had you made it that far. And the Clippers are not notoriously known for being a row team. And Kawhi, on top of it, was hurt. So how
1: the hell did you guys lose game five? Because that's, in my opinion, where you lost the series. Yeah, I agree. Uh, We also lost the series by being up 25 and not winning, (laughs) Uh, but uh, game five, you're right. We needed it. Uh, I think the biggest issue, if you didn't watch it, Donovan Mitchell was extremely hobbled the entire game. And uh, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think I'm I'm looking up. Yeah. He he only scored 21 points. He, uh, yeah, he was kind of just, he was kind of just a shell of himself that game. Mm. Um, and so I think that was the issue game five. It was just like, we, we, got off to a quick start again, like we do, uh, Bogdanovich had a huge first half and then he kind of disappeared in the second half for the most part. Uh, and then I think, I think Bogdanovich had like 23 or 26 at the half, but, uh, yeah, the issue was Mitchell Mitchell just couldn't be the guy. Uh, near the end of the game, he started playing hero ball on his, uh, on his one good leg. Mm. He airballed probably like two or three shots that he like has been hitting. Like, mm. obviously it's not expected that he hits all of those, but yeah, if you didn't watch it from me, my, my takeaway was like, he was hobbled and uh, it's kind of the same, the same thing on game five too. It's like, like the Clippers, the second half just killed us on the three ball and uh, Quinn Snyder, just wasn't doing anything to adjust to that. Kind of exactly what happened in the second half of uh, game six.
0: So I would have to say that if if that's the case, uh, the Jazz being out with the Jazz being without Mitchell and the Clippers being without Kawhi, probably advantage does go to the Clippers in that situation because uh, the Clippers are definitely deeper for sure um, yeah. you know, on their team and can probably withstand Kawhi if the other team's leading uh, scorer and best player is out. Uh, or, or or playing hockey, right? Um, so that that can make sense. I'm still surprised because I know Quinn made some very questionable moves um, in game six, but I still think he's a better coach than Lou. Uh, did you so, watch game six? Yeah, I watched the entirety of game six. So we'll get to that in okay. a second. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. I did want to talk about five, though, first, because I – look, I still feel when you look at a seven-game series, you have to, if you're the you know team with home court – you have to take, you have to take care of business at home um, because th- the type of stuff that happened in game six, which we're going to get into, which we're going to get into can happen on the road and for a variety of reasons. Uh, and so I, I, again, yes, you need to win those games when you're up 25 at, you know, uh, on the road at home, it doesn't matter where uh, you have to take care of those. The reality is, is still, I just, I just still think losing a game at home when you have a good home court, which I believe the jazz definitely do, um, you know, you, you gotta do it. And so then if that had happened, uh yeah, you blow you know the 25-point lead in game six. But I I would have I would think that you'd probably win game seven for sure. Um so uh, yeah, yeah right. I
1: agree, especially we had we had Conley back, you know what I mean? That that was also an issue uh throughout the series, in my opinion. The Jazz, the Jazz without him are super stagnant, and uh there there's no other like penetration threat on their team outside of Mitchell uh without him. And in Game Six, he was kind of a non-factor. But I mean, it's kind of looking at Harden like, like maybe maybe that's your segue there into something. But I I right. yeah, it's it's like it's like he was a non-factor. So I mean, it is it is what it is. But yeah, he, it was rough having him out. All
0: right, so let's get to Game Six then, the
1: total yeah. utter debacle collapse game. So,
0: first of all, I somewhat agree with Jeff, mostly agree, actually, with Jeff Van Gundy's point after the game, which uh, he talked about, and I just kind of, if you look at the playoffs so far, this has been true, a 25-point lead in the NBA today is not like what a 25-point lead in the NBA was 25 years ago, because the proliferation of the three-point, you know, shot, I mean, you can get back from a 25-point deficit in eight possessions versus 12, um, and that that that's a big difference. I mean, that's 50% fewer, you know, or 50% more possessions you would have needed 25 years ago um, when the three point shot was a, a tiny part of the game. And so I think that that is a big thing that I think we've kind of been conditioned for all these years to think of these, uh, you know, 20 point lead is insurmountable and you can't come back from. Uh, honestly, nowadays I feel it almost has to be Thir- low 30s like 32 33 and then i feel it's almost impossible to come back from that um whereas 25 that's definitely borderline but at home you know uh you know a, a team that's trying to close it out um you know they they've got the fan all the fans are back you know and that that of course is the other part about this so california just lifted all the covid restrictions on tuesday which meant this was the first game back with a full house and a full capacity crowd too which of yeah didn't help anything either
1: yeah at the same time it's like a a lot of times during those 25 uh point comebacks it's like and i agree with you to the point where like they can be erased faster but i mean a lot of bad has to be done on one side and a lot of good has to be done on the other like obviously but it's Mm -hmm. like i still think though like 25 is is like nothing to joke but i know that i know the sixers just blew on like two or three days before that but it's like Right. I don't know. Like that t- there were turnovers and there was non adjustments made. Go Bear. Uh, wow, yeah. Yeah, Go Bear should not have been in that game when the Clippers went to small ball. Right. 100%. Yeah, he just was a, an absolute liability at
0: that point. I mean, I mean he, he was. He he couldn't he could he couldn't defend and he couldn't score and it's like, "Well, why is he out there?" I mean, just because he has that name. Um, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, that's what I was wondering the whole time. It was, it was like uh, mid-third. I started texting all my, uh, my jazz fan friends and I'm like, I, I started freaking out. It's like, why is Gobert in there? Because usually if you're going to play a big against a small ball lineup, it's because that big can just dominate on the offensive end and take advantage of that small right? ball. Gobert, Gobert can't do anything. And so it's like, not only was he it, the typical liability on offense that he is, but it was like on defense, he couldn't close out. And like, and, and so that, that was my big issue is it's like, it just kept happening and happening and happening. And I would say, I mean, the Clippers, the Clippers hit 30 shots in that second half. They were 30 of 42. God. And man, I, I, I'm interested to see how many were on Gobert had to have been at least 20 because it Mm -hmm. seems like they weren't shooting over anybody else.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that, you know, obviously we'll get into the bucks here in a second, but you know, coach Bud is like notorious for not making adjustments in game or even sometimes from game to game in the playoffs. Uh, He did better uh, this series, especially in game six and seven. Um, But how Quinn, you know, by the time there were three or four minutes left in the third quarter, you had to make a change at that point. And that was probably even too late, but I mean, at least by then, right. And to continuously put Gobert out there when he's getting burned and to not, I guess, kind of shift the strategy away from like a zone to more of a, you know, a get up in people's faces on the three point line and, uh, you know, force them to put their heads down and go to the basket, which would have at least made them work a little bit harder for their baskets. They would have gotten twos instead of threes. Um, and you know who knows I mean maybe they wouldn't have been able to finish and also then if you are going to keep Gobert out there then that would play into his hands better uh, as well too so I have to say that this one is this one feels like it's on the coach game six at least Um, it feels like your coach
1: blew that one a better coaching job you probably win that game yeah yeah I I agree I agree for sure and it's like everybody on the line is talking about like Gobert this Gobert that but it's like I think all of the blame falls on Snyder because I mean, in the end, you can't you can't expect Gobert to guard a guard. You know what I mean? That's just that's just not what he's meant to do. So, if Snyder's going to leave him out there, he's going to get roasted and he's going to look bad, which he absolutely did. But it's like any other coach. It's like you go you, they go small ball, you go small ball. Let's match him. You're up twenty five points. Like even if their small ball is better than our small ball, like. It's better than whatever was happening out there. So, hundred
0: yeah, percent. And I think the thing that has to stick in your craw even more so with this game is that it came to the Clippers. This is their first time in fifty years that they made the conference finals. I didn't even realize that until they gave that stat at the end of the game. I mean, I thought for sure I knew it had been a long time since they've been in the finals, but fifty years since they've been in the conference finals. And so to blow, you know, a two-zero lead. To you know, blow a twenty-five two-old lead in the series to blow a twenty-five-point lead in Game Six. I mean, to that to that team. I mean, if it was the Lakers, okay, maybe you just go, hey, it's the Lakers, right? You you know, they're they're you know, great team and uh, you know, very historically uh, you know, championship uh, you know-minded. But the Clippers. I mean, I know you look to your credit. You did say in our last podcast. That the one team that scares you was the Clippers, and I shrugged it off. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I'm like the Clippers. <laughs> the Clippers stink. And then without Kawhi, once Kawhi wasn't go- wasn't going to play in Game Five, I'm like, you've got this. This is going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, that, does that does that make you more upset, or do you do you are you not even thinking about that part? You're just pissed at whoever.
1: It well, well, about. I I don't know. I the, the thing that made me the most upset is because I felt like the Jazz should have beat the Suns in in the western conference finals uh i don't i actually don't think that the jazz uh were going to beat the bucks or the nets so i mean i would have yeah so that that like made me feel a little bit better because it's like if it's championship or nothing but it would have been nice to see it uh anyway yeah so that's that's why i was upset i was like man at least i mean let's see it play out if we're playing the bucks it's like Let's see what a seven game series can do and what, like, mm-hmm. how we match up with them. But at the same time, it's like now we don't get to see it. And, uh, and you want to play the Suns without know, Chris Paul? I know, right? Yeah, it's a no Chris, but and of course, the Clippers just lost today to one. But it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I felt like, especially without Chris Paul, like the stars were aligning for the Jazz to finally get to a title, which. Uh, who knows, uh, like when that's going to come around. Cause next year you're going to have a, like a, a most likely healthy Lakers team. Um, I, I don't know. So it, it, like, it felt like the stars were aligning and then the, we're up 25 going into halftime or 20, 23 points at half. And, uh, like I was like, okay, we're going back to the game seven. We're going to play the Suns, And like, I was already thinking toward the finals and then, <laughs> and then it was just an avalanche from that point. And uh, yeah. So, but yeah, it, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it doesn't make me feel any better with or without Kawhi. Cause it's like, I don't know. It, it probably worse Cause it was like, it should have yeah. been a gimme at that point.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing is with, you know, a potential, matchup with the Suns, not only do the Suns not have Chris Paul, but you would have had home court in that, right? I mean, the Suns played the in Phoenix today because of the fact that, you know, they were the higher seed, but you would have had the higher seed over the Suns. Yep, absolutely. So then, of course, the next logical question is, you know, where do you guys go from here? And I would have been having to ask this question had the Bucks lost yesterday. Um, And so, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Conley seems to always be hurt. You know, can you keep running him out there. I don't know what any of their contract situations are, so I'm not going to, uh, I don't have time to look that up right now, but it yeah. feels, it feels to me like they're so very close. I would probably run it back one more year um, just to be sure. And then if you still don't make the finals next year, then you got to make some wholesale changes.
1: Yeah. And everybody's, everybody's talking about like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Actually, I I would love for them to add, and who would it be? I don't know. They need they need a really good wing, uh, not only not only a defender, but a uh, uh, like a score. They need mm-hmm. they need one more really good score. I w- well, you guys I have a good scoring team, though. I mean, you're one of the highest scoring teams. You're the no, second no, highest no, scoring it's, team. No, no, it's NBA. true. Maybe it's a, a defender and, and like I, because everyone's like, oh, the, the guards, the guards couldn't keep uh, anybody in front of them. Like Reggie Jackson was just penetrating at will, which drew Gobert and then he couldn't close out on the three when Jackson kicked it out. But, uh, I mean, at the same time, it's like I almost feel like that's the type of game that the Jazz plays, that the guards let guards get into the paint so that Gobert can clean them up, and then you kind of just dare the other team to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the closeouts were, were just incredibly bad, though. So I i, I don't know. I, I actually don't know uh, – where the spot is, but I think they could use like just a really good like wing player. Uh, but what I was saying is, uh, everybody on online is saying. Uh, like Gobert is always going to be like this huge liability. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree because they're like every year in the playoffs, he gets exposed because it's been the Rockets the last couple of years, the small ball Rockets. And everybody who goes small ball against the Jazz absolutely destroys the Jazz. But Gobert is good in every other scenario on the defensive end. And like, and they're good enough on offense that he's not that big of a liability. But, uh, man the big issue uh, is just the fact that I, I don't know if they feel like they have anywhere to go so it's like they need to get some sort of a small ball option because there are going to there is going to be that go is always going to be a liability in small ball so they need to find somebody that that can play some sort of like a like a stretch five to mm-hmm. the point where they can match up small ball with these people and then take go bear out of the game So let me
0: say this. I think the good comparison here is actually the Bucs of last year, or even the Bucs of the last two years, but especially of last year, where each of the last two years, they had the number one record in the NBA, which obviously the Jazz did this year. And I think they kind of held pat um, throughout the season in terms of making any trades or thinking they needed any help. And the Bucs absolutely positively 1 billion percent do not win the series against the Nets if they didn't trade for P.J. Tucker period. End of story. There's just nothing else to say about it. And we'll get into that when we talk about the box here in a minute, but you guys need some kind of, well, I'll use the term that Tucker used dog, right? You need some guy that's going to really, you know, not play nice out there, uh, but in a good way, um, you know, being someone's grill, you know, uh, being the face of the other team's best player playing, just really just all out baller defense. Right. And yeah, you need that chippiness in the playoffs. Uh, because as I've seen, you know, Bucks fans were super exact the last couple of years to have the number one seed, and everyone this year was like, "We don't give a shit about the number one seed. We just want the right team that's built for the playoffs." And they did that this year. They went out and got Holiday, a superstar defensively, although he's got certainly offensive issues, which we'll get to. Um, I and mean, they're,
1: and they're fine. If he hit some big shots again. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue, yeah. continue. Yeah. continue yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's
0: cool. Like I I I think that's where you guys are, and I think if you recognize that the regular season, it, it doesn't really matter whether you're the one, two or three seed. I don't think you want to be lower than three, but you know, just get a top three seed, but make sure you have the right team built for the playoffs. Um, That is what's critical because I'm sorry, the regular season and in the, in the playoff, in playoff basketball are just two totally different beasts. And if you don't have some kind of like menace on defense, uh, especially, especially in the perimeter, I think, I think Gobert, you know, down low is great, but you need another guy in the perimeter. And, and that's really probably what you are missing is that, Really, really, ninety style baller on defense, perimeter defensive guy that can really stick in the craw of some shooters. And if you had had that, they don't go. The Clippers don't go off for threes like they did and come back.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They just need some sort of. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on for all of uh, our Bucks audience out there. Yes. Uh, woo!
1: Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> But Bucks time, baby.
0: All right, well, so look, let me start with this. I've been a Bucks fan since 1988. Uh, back in the Sidney Moncrief, uh, Paul Pressey, uh, Fred Roberts, Jack Sigma, Larry Krasowiak days. And, uh, you know, they were a nice team. You know, they were always, you know, top four seed in the playoffs until uh, they all got old in the early 90s. Uh, then they fell off a cliff for the next 10 years and were a total disaster uh, for like from 92 to 2001 until they. Uh, made the Eastern Conference Finals again in 2001. Actually, they had an okay year in 99-2 with the strike-shortened season. But anyways, um, been a Bucks fan since '88, and they have been to two Eastern Conference Finals uh, in during that in the last 33 years. So uh, they went to seven games with the with the Sixers in 2001, and they obviously two years ago went six games in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors. This game yesterday was by far and away the most exciting, the best, just I, I, it's really almost tough to put into words. I still can't believe that they won. Um, that's kind of my, my, my feeling right now. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit still in shock. Yesterday was complete. It was a complete roller coaster followed by complete ecstasy when they won. And I think, I think today is, is still followed by a little bit of disbelief. I mean, this was the super, the Nets were the super team. I mean, and, and really for most of the series, they had two of the three, okay? They never had all three, but they had two of the three for almost the entire. Yeah, series. one and a half. Uh, but Harden was—I I have to say—in game six and seven. Okay, game game five he was, uh,
1: you know, uh, not good. But six and seven, he played. You think so? Yes, I think
0: he played a lot he better.
1: Looked, he looked incredibly slow. I know he played a lot. Um, but think-
0: okay. Well, let me look a couple things. He had enough of a three-point threat in game six and seven, especially game seven, that um, it was it it wasn't it wasn't one and a half maybe one in four fifths or something like that i guess but it wasn't one and a half i mean he had enough of a yes he couldn't drive to the hoop but he you know he it doesn't matter if he can do a you know the the footwork that he's got one of the best footwork guys of all time the ability to step back three and of course we know his flopping bullshit to get all those follow calls which is just nonsense (laughs) um just just the reality of having that out there is I, i mean the game isn't close yesterday if he's not out there so uh in my opinion uh so yeah, I I still think, and Kyrie was obviously tremendous in the first three and a half games. So you know they, they still were super. And, and let's just say even if it was one and a half, Durant is worth two people alone. I mean the guy is
1: yeah yeah that's true. absurd. Durant Durant is the best player in the world.
0: Yes. Oh, that's 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 without question. There's no question about that. And he is superhuman. He is he is. I think he really after this playoff series after watching him. Yes, I didn't get to watch, um, you know, Oscar Robertson and Kareem. Really, I think he should be a top ten player of all time. Maybe he's tenth, but I think he should be top
1: ten. Not I, a lot of people say yeah. top twenty. Yeah, I and, think he should be top ten. About, you talk about talk about player. Like in my opinion, uh, Durant is the most purest scorer of all time. Yeah,
0: I think that's fair. And I, I, but the reason why I would still say he's top ten overall or all around is because. You know, he he also plays great defense. Um, and it's not just a jump shooter either. I mean, he can get to the rack like everybody. Uh, his free throw. I mean, there's just no flaws in the guy's game. I I mean I, I can't think of one. He's so good. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, so uh with that being said, the odds were completely stacked against the Bucks, especially after the collapse in game five, where they were up by 17 points uh, on the road and blew that. And I actually said that on Twitter that they were gonna win game six. They, they are a very good home team. They've got a great home court advantage. Uh, I was highly, highly, highly confident we would win game six. And I was highly, highly confident that we would lose game seven. So that's why I was so upset about losing game five it was not because I didn't think we could you know, win game six. It was because I didn't think we could win game seven and we needed game five to not have to have a game seven. So, uh, you know, they won game six, which, you know, was, I think a lot, most people had pr- had that predicted. In fact, they were favored in that game. And so going to this game seven, yes. You know, obviously Kyrie wasn't playing again. Uh, yes. Harden is not at hundred percent and yes, it's the line started at bucks minus one and eventually migrated to uh, some books were even and uh, some books had uh, the nets minus one, but I was just like, Oh God. I mean, I just, I just don't see it. And those that have been bucks fans, our entire life and a lot of other podcasters and uh, folks on Twitter are in the same boat as me on this one is you're always waiting for something bad to happen with the box. Like they are all, it's a little bit like the jazz in that case, although you guys have had some more success than we have um, playoff success that you're just expecting the worst to happen. And, and I have to say two, two instances where I was, I was like, this is it. The first is when we were down by two, we stole the ball. Uh, this was, I believe, late in the third quarter. Maybe it was early fourth. Maybe it was the early fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, and we immediately turned it back over at half court, and,
1: and they Durant
0: turned around, dunks it, and, and one.
1: Yeah, no, that was that was fourth quarter. Yeah, that, that was fourth uh, quarter.
0: And and yeah. I I thought that was gonna be a turning moment. So basically, a five point swing is what we're talking about here. Uh-huh. And those kind of swings, especially later in the game, with uh, with being on the road. I mean, those and such. You know, just kind of a momentum play. Um, you know, type of thing. You know, kind of a high energy play. That generally ends up spelling disaster, especially for a team like the Bucks that have a record of, uh, I'll just be pretty honest, like joking or not showing up, you know, in big games. Yeah. And yeah. so I thought that was the first moment that was over. Then the second moment that was over was almost at the end of the game uh, when we were all best. F- yeah, well, I was going to get to that, but I didn't even say the whole sequence of the last 30 seconds where we're okay. up for the net score to cut it to two. And then, yes, the Lopez situation, which was obviously the biggest gap in the whole world, all he had to do was shoot it and put it on the rim. And, A, there's a chance to get an offensive rebound. Well, A, a there's a chance he makes it. B, there's a chance to get an offensive rebound. And even if neither of those two things happen, Durant doesn't have six seconds to shoot the last shot. So, yeah. I, I mean, it is, it is one of the biggest brain farts out there to not have just at least thrown the ball up. Um and and shoot. And I was like, oh my God, is this typical box? And oh my gosh, Katie's gonna do it to us. And oh my gosh, six seconds or five seconds later, he did, but oh my gosh, the fucking toe was on the line. Holy <laughs> shit.
1: And I saw that it. Toe.
0: I I saw it the second he shot it. I said that's a two. And thankfully the refs called yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So so did I. In fact, the, the funny thing is uh when he shot it, it was way closer to being a three. Than I initially thought. I thought it was clearly a two, but mm-hmm. then when when the replay went, his toe, his toe was like an inch away. Yeah, it was. It was okay. So now here's what's really crazy
0: about this. We'll come back to the game in a second. Uh, Ted Davis, the Bucks uh, radio announcer, tweeted out uh, somebody else who tweeted that Kevin Durant wears a size 18 shoe during games because he wants to have a little extra kind of feathery feel out there in the court, but. Only wears a size 17 shoe in all other
1: situations.
0: If he had been wearing a size 17 shoe yesterday, that's a three. The Bucks lose, and, and 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 we're going home. And who knows, you know what that could mean. But I mean, what a just an unbelievable. I I it. I have to say, with how bad luck or or you know, kind of all of some of the choke jobs and stuff that Wisconsin sports have had, you know, uh, in my lifetime. It almost felt like everything got flipped on its head right there and came around full circle in a good way, just with that one play alone with him having his toe on the line.
1: Yeah, that that one play was the biggest ever. It was, yeah, it was crazy. What a shot, though. Oh, my God. I mean, this is the part where I have
0: to just go, all you can do is your absolute darndest to, like, you know, keep him in front of you, keep a hand in his face. But the guy just, it doesn't matter most of the time, is the bottom line. And it is so unbelievable to watch somebody like that, no matter how well you guard him, it doesn't matter. Now, look, that being said, Holiday did an amazing job with him on the very last play in overtime. and Absolutely. And I have to say, I, I felt pretty good when he threw that ball up that it wasn't going in because it looked like it was coming up short and obviously did an air bowl. Um, so that was the fortunate luck to have his toe on the line because we weren't going to score with one second. We just, there there was no way it was happening. Um, and then the other part of this is, that is unbelievable. We didn't score in overtime until there was a minute 20 left the first three minutes and 40 seconds.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the Nets scored on very first possession on a, on a miss three. Yes. And, and then, then they, they got the offensive board and put it in. Yes. And then they didn't score again until 120, or until after we scored. Yeah, and, and, which which is crazy because uh, Durant, it, it was so weird because it's almost like an overtime. And I don't know, maybe the Bucks adjusted, but I just kept thinking, he kind of stopped shooting. Yep, 100%. So I think a couple I things. I didn't understand it. A couple things. One is...
0: They did play him differently defensively in overtime. They were just like, "We're not going to let this guy beat us. Anybody else but him, right?" So they did play that kind of defense. Um, was was it? And it kind of showed also at the end, right? Um, when you know he tried to kind of be hero, and uh, you know he has the right to do that shot because he has. Oh, to take of that course, shot. he does. Yeah, nobody uh,
1: else was hitting. They had yeah. one one shot made in overtime.
0: But you have to say the Bucks also played the played it smart in overtime, and this is where I give Bud credit. Um, actually. Really, throughout the entire game, he did a great job of making adjustments. He kept Lopez on the floor, who had a monster game for them, except for that brain fart at the end of the uh, regulation. Um, Connaughton had a great game. Um, I was asking for him to pull Holiday in favor of Connaughton um, in the in the third and fourth quarter when it was clear Holiday was just absolutely lost offensively. And I guess to Bud's credit, he stuck with him, and he had six monster points. Or was it six? Or four?
1: He's too good Five. on defense.
0: Yeah, I get that. But hang on a second. So at this point, you still need some offense. You got to have some, right? But anyways, he had five or six straight points, plus that great bounce pass on the baseline to Giannis for the for the layup and one um, in the final yeah, and then, minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. So he redeemed himself big time, huge. I mean, he had a huge final uh, four minutes of the game uh, plus overtime. So you know, I mean, it, and it he worked. Locked,
1: he locked down Harden. Oh yeah,
0: no, he was he was fantastic, and Middleton Middleton did too. I mean, he has turned into, in my opinion a very elite defender, uh, not quite as good as Holiday, but still very, very strong on an otherwise very strong offensive team, which that actually is the thing I want to kind of really take away and talk about with with regards to the series. Everyone, you know, rips on the Bucks' stagnant offense at times, they rip on certainly Bud and rightfully so for some of his uh, lack of adjustments. But the biggest reason we won the series is our defense is fucking awesome. I mean, it is really, really, really good. They held a team, the Nets, Who were scoring on average, what, 118, 119 points a game in the regular season to 100? I mean, especially in Milwaukee, they couldn't do shit. So, I mean, look, you know, I still kind of a little bit believe defense wins championships in this day and era with the NBA, maybe less so, but that's why they won the series and they built the team. And then we haven't even talked about PJ Tucker. I mean, PJ Tucker was all the difference maker in the world. We traded DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson for him. Two DJs equal PJ. And that was <laughs> – DJ plus DJ equals PJ. Uh, the math adds up for me. And uh, and so, I mean, he was just a stud. He started to become a legend back in Milwaukee with the way he played defense on hard in the
1: series. You, you mean Durant? Uh, sorry, um, uh, Durant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean,
0: he, he really – he genuinely, genuinely bothered Durant. Now, obviously, Durant got all his points. He still was phenomenal, and he still was amazing. But I just think the sheer act of making him have to work so hard for all those points, you know, at some point, that's going to, you know, take its toll. Uh, maybe it's not until the very last game of overtime, the very last shot of overtime in the very last game. But, um, you know, and also, I think it stressed out the other players on the team, Yeah, on the Nets. I mean, Joe Harris was completely non-existent this series. Um, you know, uh, as well as uh, green for the most part. So I, I just think that, you know, overall defensively, that's why we won. And I think the Bucks, while maybe their offense is overrated, I think their defense is actually very, very underrated.
1: I agree. Their defense is incredible.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Uh, now the Hawks have beaten the Sixers. And so it is a Bucks. Hawks Eastern Conference Finals. Um A sweep.
1: <laughs> just as predicted at the beginning of the season, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I'm saying the Bucks are gonna sweep the Hawks. Oh, I thought you said sweep. Yeah. Uh, no. Um,
0: I, I say Bucks in six. Why do you think they're gonna yeah,
1: sweep? Yeah. I I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four or five. I think the Hawks, I think the Hawks are good. Uh, And I think they've got a lot of offensive firepower and they're, they're hot. They're playing well, but I don't see any aspect of their game. That's better than anything that the bucks do.
0: So here's, what's interesting. Uh, It, you know, as I was looking at this game seven today, um, I thought we matched up very, very well against the Sixers. I was, I was totally unafraid of playing them in a seven game series. Sure. We weren't going to have home court, but I didn't think it was a big deal. I mean, shit, the Hawks won three times in Philadelphia in the series, so I'm like, big deal. If Philadelphia has home court. Um, yeah. I just, I, yeah. I just don't, I just don't think they're that great. They can't shoot. Uh, it's just basically a one man show in Embiid, and that's very, very well,
1: well, Yeah, Especially one of them can't shoot. If well, it's it's just Embiid.
0: I mean, that's a they're one they're a one. <laughs> yeah. They're a one-man show, and that is it.
1: Curry played good. Uh, yeah. ben, ben Simmons, I we got to talk about Ben Simmons at least. All right, fine. So, you mean
0: – so, you know, I'm seeing on Twitter, you know, uh, they're, they're going to, you know, maybe look to trade him this offseason. Is there even a trade market for a guy that passes who, a wide-open yeah, dunk?
1: who wants it? He's the worst. <laughs> yeah. I, I, what does he, he do like? Well? Like, legitimately, that dude has got to be the worst max contract player in the NBA.
0: I just don't understand, like, what does he do well? Okay, he passes the ball well. All right, fine. That's great. I mean, you can probably find – those guys are a dime a dozen nowadays, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you pass the ball well and do a few other things well, okay, now we're talking. But if that's all you can bring to the table, he can't shoot. uh, He can't really rebound that well. He can't make free throws at all. uh, He has absolutely no – you know. Uh, I guess, whatever you want to call it, like aggressiveness, you know, especially in big games. I, I mean, dude, I mean, why would you want that guy on your team? I can't, I, for the life of me
1: think who would want him or where would he be a good fit to go? Especially with this contract. Like I can see him being some sort of a role player cause he's, he's got good defense, Sure, but th- that dude is a bigger liability on offense than Gobert. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. But we're okay. So, <laughs> so if, the, so if there's a trade, if there's a
0: trade, uh, that happens, or if, if there is a trade market, do you have any kind of idea
1: where he would be a good fit? I I I have no idea. I legitimately have no idea because you can't. You almost can't even play the dude at the end of the game. In fact, in fact, one of my favorite parts of the playoffs so far is is literally just watching him because it, I I don't know. He's he's like the biggest hackish act liability in years and it's hilarious because he's a point guard i I just don't get it i know so i would think that if he's
0: to go to a playoff team obviously if he goes to a non-playoff team whatever i mean it just doesn't matter what he does but a playoff team that he'd be a good fit for i would say it's one of two destinations either the clippers because i i think their defense sucks i mean bad i mean their defense is a yeah or the team that he just lost to the hawks because their defense is also an issue and uh he needs to go on a team where they already have enough scores where his offensive uh playmaking can kind of be hidden or swept under the rug um by all the other guys on the team and where he's in there for some defensive stops um you know at certain times as well as maybe uh some you know assists and whatnot but i just i just why would you want that
1: guy in the team i just can't even think of why Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine. And he was like, he's such a hyped up player too. Like I think, I think after this playoffs, I like, I almost think his career is almost done. Yeah. He's
0: going to have to reinvent himself. There's no question about that. He's probably going to get traded um, if the contract will allow for it. If the contract won't allow for it um, you could see some kind of, you know, I could see, I could see a buyout happening uh, type of situation. Uh, Although I don't know if he would agree to that. Um, because you know he's, you know, obviously in a great situation uh, with the money that he's making. Yeah, so, he's a
1: he's a max player.
0: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's it, is a, it does have to be one of the biggest busts from a max contract perspective ever. I mean, people were people were giving shit to the Bucks for giving Middleton max money. Uh, yeah, he deserves max money.
1: Okay, but, he he does. That dude is a closer, and y- he's yeah, a fucking he's, closer. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's fucking great. He is he is he is absolutely
0: star worthy i um, getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but if he has five to six more years of this, so I think he'll make the Hall of Fame. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's completely worthy of it. So, look, going back to why I would have maybe teeny tiny bit slightly preferred to play the Sixers. One is Simmons. Two is they don't really have any other star players or any shooters, in my opinion, besides MB. They brick threes left and right, um, which plays right into the Bucks' hands. Um, I think they can be scored upon. And the only downside in that whole scenario was the home
1: court which big deal I mean like I said the Hawks
0: won 3 times this
1: series Yeah I mean at the at the same time like like the Sixers like they collapsed you know what I mean I I understand what you're talking about but the Hawks aren't better than the Sixers like and I think I'm, I'm even, just talking I mean, about matchup wise for the Bucks I agree with nah, you No you you're, are you're just in my opinion you're just trying right now to like like justify and prep for a few things the bucks are going to run those dudes off the court so i still think it's going to take six games we win
0: the series but it's going to take six games and here's why there will be at least one game where the hawks just go lights out shooting and there's just nothing we can fucking do about it okay that's that's going to happen at least one game right Uh, they're good they're good for at least one of those games in a series and then i think the opposite will happen too i think there's at least one game where the bucks will just totally stink it up on offense Um, and it really won't matter what Atlanta does. So I think that's the reason why in six. Could I see the Bucs winning in five? Sure. I don't see them sweeping the Hawks. I also don't see it going seven. So five or six with a slight nod to six for the reasons I
1: just gave. Four or five, but yeah, I agree to disagree. (laughs) 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 Regardless, regardless, your boys are going to the finals here. Four, if that happens, for the first time in fifty.
0: Years or slightly, uh, I think the last time the Bucks made the finals was uh, when well, they won the NBA championship uh in '71. Um, uh, so when did they go last go to the finals? Let me ju- just check here. Um, I think they went to the finals the year after that, too. Yeah, I was '74, excuse me. So it'll be 47 years uh since they have been. So, uh, Maybe. that will be absolutely freaking to me. So, never in my lifetime. I'm not that old, people. Um <laughs> <laughs> but <it'll, laughs> if they win the title,
1: it'll be 50 years since they last won the title. They won in 1971. Wow. They're, they're going to win it. Like, I, I don't see anybody really standing in their way. I think I um, think the Suns, the Suns are good. I, the Suns are good. I think the Suns do beat the Clippers. Uh, but I don't think they're as good as the Bucks. So the Bucks and Suns obviously
0: played twice this year. Both games, the Suns beat the Bucks by By one point, by one, each game. And the game in Milwaukee went to, I believe, double overtime. Uh, And there were some horrendous calls, officiating calls, that really, in my opinion, gave the Suns that game in Milwaukee. I think two things. One, it would be a super, just for non bucks or non-Suns fans, a super exciting finals to watch. Um, The second thing is, uh, I think, you know, when you tend to have some of those close victories in the regular season, a lot of times those karma points can switch the other way, you know, in the, in the playoffs Um, we wouldn't have home court and the sun's home court is a thing. Um, And the bucks notoriously have been absolutely freaking awful, awful in Phoenix. I think they've won once there in like the last 30 years. It's something crazy like that. Um, And so, I I mean, all that doesn't really kind of matter with this team, right? It's a different team and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but if if, if Chris Paul's playing, which I'm sure he will be done with his COVID stuff by then, I, I if we win, which I think we could, I think it would take seven games.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess we'll see what happens. The Suns, the Suns haven't been tested yet, and they're playing another team uh, without their best player.
0: But they don't have their best player this series, too, though. So that
1: is the well, question not, not even the series, not even the series. Uh, how long is he officially out? It's just indefinitely. He could be back next game for all we know.
0: Well, I don't know what the whole I the whole COVID protocol stuff in the NBA is just a complete fucking bunch of nonsense in the first place. I mean, COVID, COVID, yeah, that's true. COVID's over, and this shit they should be done with this stuff. I mean, they got packed arenas for God's sakes. What are we What are we worried about him getting COVID for? Um, yeah,
1: and why Why are they still wearing masks on the bench? Oh there, my God, is
0: that the biggest bunch of virtue <laughs> signaling you've ever seen? Let's all bang it's each crazy. other. Or- let's all bang each other around at the court for 48 or 53 minutes, drip sweat on each other, um, breathe, and probably, you know, having spittle across a <laughs> face to an neck.
1: but then go to the bench and put a mask on. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, please, please stop Oh man. Room. Yeah. It's that's fiddling. gotta be the worst part of the NBA, right? Every time I see him on the bench with the mask on, i am just, I just like shake my head. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And by the way, this is a cool, quick little side topic, too.
0: I think it looks ridiculous that they have the first few rows behind each of the benches tarped off, um, you know, uh, and not selling out the seats because of the same reason. Uh, they don't want players getting too close to fans. I mean, those are pretty much the only seats in any of the arenas that are not full. And it's, it's again, a bunch of nonsense. The players are walking to and from the locker rooms. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, well, did you see, you see Trey Young passing the ball in at the end of the game tonight? no i missed that it, like literally the sixers fans the ref had to stop the game and push them back further because they were like they were like inches away from the dude and i'm like okay oh every God. time these players go to the sidelines they're in yeah, yeah. fans yeah it's ridiculous and i think it looks visually bad on tv
0: it's so loud in these arenas cuz it's basically 99% packed but those first i don't know 3 to 5 rows uh you know on the TV viewing side looks bad. If, if they're really that worried about it, move the team benches to the other side, the fourth side. <laughs> I know. Well,
1: well, the issue with it, Mark, is they're not worried about it all. They just want to maintain some sort of image right now.
0: It's so bad. It's I'm so tired of the virtue signal and the, those Heineken commercials with them. Uh, wearing masks still at the bars when every little, every freaking club and bar in this country is now open and mask requirements are gone to still be doing that in these commercials. Uh, I saw, I
1: saw you were at the bars last night celebrating that dog Friday, Friday night. Oh, it was Friday. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pack club pack dance floor. Uh, it's over. It's over, and uh, can we? And no masks, of course. Can we please move on from the virtue signaling commercials? I, I just, I won't, I won't drink another Heineken until they get rid of those commercials. So, <laughs> uh, and, and 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 they're not going to be sponsoring this podcast anytime soon. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, well, it's going to be a super exciting week. I can't wait. Um, Bucks' first game is going to be Wednesday at Pfizer Forum um game one of the eastern conference finals and uh game two will be uh of the western conference finals will be tuesday so they'll have, they'll have actually played two games in the western conference before they've even played one in the East, which is kind of silly too that should be flip-flop the bucks should be playing tuesday and the clippers uh sun should be wednesday but uh the folks yeah at don't seem to I'm glad. Together
1: I, on that. I, you're lucky you got a horse in the game right now because honestly from a uh from a current casual fan uh now that my team's out uh and i won't i won't necessarily say casual i'll say uh um what would you even call me at this point? Yeah, uh, you're you're a very passionate jazz jazz fan. I would say. I, I, yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, what, what I mean is like now that my team's out, I guess I'm kind of like a bystander fan, where I'm still into the into like what happens. My issue with with these two series right now is I think I think the Suns walk away from the Clippers, uh, especially if they can get Chris Paul back anytime soon. Uh, and I've, I've already mentioned it. The Bucks run away with this. So right now, I've been into almost every single series in the playoffs so far. I've, I've barely missed any games. I'm over here on the East Coast, so like work never interferes with anything. So I just kind of chill here till 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. on my couch and watch the games. But uh, uh, these two series, I've got a very like big, big lack of interest in, in both of them due to the fact that I, I just don't see much competitiveness going on. Well, I don't agree with that in the
0: – I don't agree. I think they'll be a lot more competitive than you realize. I mean, the Clippers have shown a lot of resiliency, even when they get down 2-0, they, which they've done twice, and they're the only team, I believe, in the NBA that's to yeah. come back from 2-2-0 deficit. So they can't be counted out no matter what. Again, Staples Center is going to be packed for all the games there now, um, and I don't see the Suns just waltzing in there and taking two straight from them in Staples with a packed crowd, um, You know, even if Kawhi is out. Uh, I, just, I just don't. Um, when they beat the Lakers, first of all, the Lakers are nowhere near as good as the Clippers. Um, and second of all, Staple Center was dead. I mean, there was nobody at the games barely. So things have changed in the last, whatever, three to four weeks. Um, and so I I, I think that I, – I do think the Suns win. I would agree with you. I think it goes six games, maybe seven. Um, okay. And, I, and as I just said, I think the Bucs series will be more competitive than people think. And even if – let's say let's say in the best-case scenario, the Bucks do win in four uh, by some chance. I mean the Hawks are, you know, talented team and they can shoot lights out. So even if even if somehow the Bucks do get a little bit lucky and sweep or win in five, I mean, I would be shocked if like the Hawks are gonna get blown off the court each game. I mean, they're gonna
1: they've got enough shooting to stay in every single game. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I guess I did forget that Reggie Jackson is uh Michael Jordan reincarnated right now. <laughs> well, I can't
0: believe. What was it Herder tonight uh, for the Hawks? Oh, Herder, man, he went off. <laughs> and I didn't realize he was a first round draft pick, but he was. I think he was the 19th overall pick. Um, and so everyone, of course, expected Trey Young, the other first round pick, to have, of course, the big game. And he didn't play well at all tonight, uh, except for the end. He played pretty well. Uh, but Herder had a monster game. I mean, so I look, I, and, and Bogdanovich he didn't play tonight, right? Or did he? I don't, I didn't, I didn't really pay attention too closely on that one, but I mean, he's a great shooter uh, and great scorer Uh, and they've got scores left and right. Now. I don't think the Hawks are going to be able to stop us, um, you know, very much at all. Um, But I, 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 I guess maybe I could be talked into bucks in five. I still think, you know, it's just, these guys are professionals. They they get to this point for a reason. You don't usually luck your way into an Eastern conference finals appearance. Um, And unless the other team is so dominant, like say the, the Warriors in 2016 kind of thing, um, you just re- – or 2017, 2016. I just don't think you really can just waltz right through, you know, and just beat a team in the Eastern Conference Finals in four games. I, I just think that's
1: seasonally- – I oh, – when you remember the uh, the Hawks a few years ago, uh, when they were the one seed, LeBron swept them.
0: Yeah, I, I it can happen. I mean, that's what that's what was that that was when Budnelson was coach too, right?
1: I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually yeah. as we speak, I'm But they had to no stars
0: him. on that team. I mean, the Hawks had no stars on that team. The Hawks clearly have stars on this team.
1: One, yeah, one and a half I'd say. Yeah. Who who's the half?
0: I think Bogdanovich is is he's is uh, at least again on the offensive side of things. I mean, we were yeah. we were trying to move Heaven an earth to get him on the bucks,
1: you know, in the off season. Yeah, so. He, he, the past two games, he hasn't even been in the game in prime time from what no, I've seen. Like yeah. they've been sitting in, but hurt, uh, I'm though, trying too. to find, I'm trying to find a bet right now. Actually, the more we talk, the more I'm convincing myself that the bucks are sweeping. I'm trying to find a buck sweep bet. <laughs> what are my odds here? <laughs> well, let's
0: not forget. And we got this on air. You do owe me a hundred dollars in Bitcoin. I, for the I, bucks do. I do. I do. <laughs> I know. I need
1: to, I need to go get that hundred to you. <laughs> all oh, good man hey that was that was a hard fought hundred dollars there. that was that it was, a, was. It, that, it really was that was
0: that was a good bet i i mean that that was from your perspective i think that was a completely you know winning bet to to take because i mean i i was betting for the bucks simply because you know they're my team um but you were betting on it really more from a, a logical
1: perspective so so uh honest answer here uh kyrie doesn't go down to the bucks advance uh most likely
0: no most likely no he was not having a good game uh four though even before he got hurt now he got hurt in the middle of the second quarter of game four but he was not playing that well in that game up to that point um, yeah
1: the thing about him though is he's another threat like what they did to the nets in overtime could not have happened if Kyrie was another option on offense
0: you're probably right I mean look I think everyone agreed that if the Nets were at full strength, I mean, nobody's stopping that. I mean, that's They're winning super, the championship. It's a, it's a yeah. super team.
1: It's a super team, right? It's, yeah, and I'm glad they lost. But, like, like, forget it. I, I'm, I'm done with super teams like that. Like, I don't know. It just makes things. Like, the Warriors when Durant went there, it was like, honestly, in my, I didn't even watch the NBA for two years because it was kind of like knowing the ending to a movie. Uh, before before you go see it, it's like it's like you knew that it was going to be LeBron uh, coming out of the East, and you knew it was going to be the Warriors coming out of the West, and you knew the Warriors were going to win.
0: Yeah, I look. I think the super team thing is a pile of crap too. Um, I think there should be some kind of uh, rule uh, where uh, for free agency only, of course, if it's homegrown talent, that's different. But there's got to be some kind of rule where you can't have, I don't know, let's call it more than two five-time All-Stars or something like that. I mean, just come up with something. I mean, it's just lame, Um, you know, because otherwise... It's dumb, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise the problem is just... The luxury tax or the uh, salary cap just doesn't matter. I mean, they just blow through that and just say, "Oh, we'll pay the luxury tax," or a guy will take a pay cut just knowing, like, he's made enough money as not care, right? So the the salary cap isn't enough of a deterrent. And since one player can make such a huge difference in basketball, you've got to you've got to do something that you know. If two guys want to hook up and play together, fine, that's that's one thing. But you can't have three or more. I mean, that's just bullshit. And yeah, it's just it's just it's just garbage for the league. It
1: doesn't help anything. Like, Kawhi and Paul George, everybody's seen it. Like, they're not overly dominant. But those three absolutely would have been. And then you have, you have right. the Warriors who, who are already good enough to win championships without Durant. And then you add, right. like, literally the best player in the world to their team. It's right. just, yeah, it's just bad. Like, even, even as fans of the team, like, if the Jazz went this offseason, and, like, obviously they're not free agents, but if they, if they got, like, Durant and LeBron – It's like as a jazz fan winning the title that year, honestly, I wouldn't even care that much because it's like, okay, cool. You know what I mean? There's no like pride in it. Yeah, exactly. Like this is if the Bucks win the title. This is a legit title. Giannis from the Bucks, if they win the title, that is some some hardcore effort right there. That is years in the making. That is like sticking with it. It, honestly, it's the same thing when the uh, uh, when the Warriors started winning. It's like that team was legitimately right. built out of like like draft picks and growing talent and signing yeah. good free agents. Right. But it was like it was like that was awesome when the Warriors and making shrewd
0: trades, you know, at the deadline and stuff like yes. that. Those are all things that you should be rewarded for, not. Durant texts Kyrie and he texts Harden and says, let's all play together. Okay, cool. But Yeah. And
1: Harden forces his way out of Houston by not playing and forces a trade. And like, it just becomes a shit show on every level. Harden's a clown. Okay. Let's just be real about that. Now Durant, even though he
0: did this, you know, he wanted to form the super team. I still have a ton of respect for him guys. Like I said, a top 10 player of all time, in my opinion. And uh, you know, he's just, he's just that talented. So, you know, if that's what he wants to do, he can do that. But Harden, uh, you know, idiot for doing that, and a total clown uh, for forcing his way out of Houston, and and really to some degree Kyrie, you know, for for you know forcing his way out of Boston, and he was terrible in the series for the Celtics when we beat them in the semifinals uh, two years ago. Um, you know, the the Celtics beat us the first game, and then we went on and crushed them in the next four. Kyrie was a total no show that series. Um, yeah, and so I mean, guys that do that where they're a no show to kind of force their way out. I just I. I have no respect for that. I agree. Yeah. So, well, man, uh, this has been a super amazing weekend of NBA basketball. Uh, We are glad that we were able to bring it to all of our listeners on the Ball and Chain podcast. You and I are going to probably do another pod later this week on Thursday, Friday-ish after at least uh, one of the Eastern Conference Finals games. Um, and we will, uh, we will see if your prediction is on its way to being, uh, true or if, uh, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher than we thought.
1: Hey, Anybody out there on Zen sports, uh, create me a, bucks uh, box and four bet. <laughs> you're not allowed <laughs> to use it cause you're here in the U S but anybody, know. Any, anybody else not. <laughs> go, just go find jess on uh social media uh, which yeah a big hey yeah add, add me on linkedin whatever send me your bet like let's make this happen we'll, we'll have mark be the mediator i'm in all right all right we can make that we can, we can we can make we can make that happen for
0: jess all right uh appreciate your time tonight buddy we will chat to you later this week
1: okay yeah, hey thanks mark